Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome back to Pixels. I say back because we've been away for I think about a month after E3 after doing like I don't know five uh, two-hour shows with uh, Scott Johnson. It was more than I could bear and I had to go away for about a month. Uh, and uh, if you haven't listened to the entire commentary of all of our um, conference, uh, well, comments. You can get that on his uh, RSS feed for Booksel, I was going to say, for Boop. Uh, but here, it was just the summary, which was frankly the best part. And uh, we're going to have another best part today with my very good friend, whom I haven't podcasted one on one in a very long time, Mark Turpin. How's it going? It's Turpin? been far too long, Patrick. I, I'd like to it? think that, you know, we. Uh, you know, we we have a, a a passionate history, and it's one which I I just I'm just so excited to revisit and to just have a, a kind of just reconjure well, some of those original moments. I, I agree, but you've had a baby, and I think it's mm. it's customary to wait a little while uh, before you know yep. we rekindle our passion. Um, I think it's good. I, you know, we've had a few months apart, and our reun- reuniting is. Uh, only stronger because of it. There is, you know, the the it conjures memories of uh, movie deliciousness. For those who know what that show was, and uh, Nicole isn't here, but she's busy being pregnant as well. Again, so again, <sighs> crazy. She, she she can't stop. It's like what the second time. Come on, fool, girl. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> can't can't fool be fooled me. again. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, right. So anyway, Terpser is here for the show. I'm very happy that he's here. And uh, we do the instance almost every week, although we've managed to be to alternate on that show um, for the past few yeah, weeks. Yeah, we haven't months. been on actually for a while yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening there, but... <laughs> we're you know we're here today, today so let's talk about let's it. celebrate let's talk about good things let's be happy and oh satoru Iwata died oh that's sad. a great way to start a show um so for those who don't know satoru i'm i'm guessing by the time this episode comes out in about you know a couple of hours everyone will be aware of this um Satori Wata is the president of Nintendo, or was rather, um, and he has been for, I think, almost 15 years, a little bit less, 13 years. And he was, I, I'll start with the surprising reaction I had to this, um, which was basically 
pretty sad. Um, I, I thought, you know, I, I usually don't get affected all that much when famous people die. And for Iwata, it was weird. I was, I woke up this morning a couple of hours ago and it was like, oh, what the, no, not him. He mm. was 55 years old and uh, he had, uh, 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 last year at E3, he was, he couldn't be there because he was uh, undergoing uh, surgery for bile duct cancer, I believe. And uh, he was getting better. He had been away from um, his duties at the company for uh, a few months, but he had come back. And um, it's, I think it's a little bit strange the way it affects a lot of people, mostly because of the closeness we felt with the guy because of the Nintendo Directs. I don't know. Did you watch the Nintendo Directs? No, Direct I didn't usually? really. I think it's, yeah. for, for me, I've never been a huge kind of Nintendo fan, um, but it's 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 never it's never nice to hear you know someone right. who was so powerful and and you know contributed so much to the industry uh to um to be no longer part of it yeah it's so basically the guy was unlike many of the uh heads of the industry uh he was a real programmer and definitely a, a real gamer he used to work at uh, hal Labor- laboratories and uh, he was programmer on games like Balloon Fight, Earthbound, uh, Kirby games. He contributed heavily to uh, some of the Pokemon titles. Um, and, you know, his, we saw reactions from um, some of the uh, industry leaders in the past few hours and everyone's floored and, and not in a good way. Um, he joined Nintendo in uh, 2000, I believe. And when Hiroshi Yamauchi, who was the president of the company since uh, 1949, yeah, forever, yeah, yeah um, retired in 2002, Iwata succeeded to him. So it's been 13 years. Um, and he was a very, he seemed like a super genuine guy. He definitely knew what he was talking about. As I was saying, he was a, a programmer from the beginning. And uh, he oversaw basically the transition from the Game Boy to the DS, which initially was supposed, I don't know if people will remember, but the Nintendo DS was supposed to be a sort of a side project, which they would do as they were waiting for the next Game Boy to happen. That was yeah. sort of the way they communicated on it. Um, it was such a huge success, though, that obviously it became the it main. Became, exactly. Well, I mean, it's, it's funny. Nintendo is, I don't know, it's, it's a very interesting company that I, I think is quite polarizing um, in that they innovate hardware more than anyone else out there, really. They come out with, you know, the DS, the Wii, uh, Wii U not as much, but they're, they're always trying to, you know, see how they can open up gaming to more and more people. But then when it comes to their key franchises, it just feels like we get the same game again and again and again and again, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it it can be very frustrating when you think of the potential that those games could have um, in the hands of other developers. It's there. There is definitely that question. But I think one of the recurring themes that I've had on the show for the past few months is how exquisite the game design is on those games and how masterful they are in the designing of those games. And yes, it is the same game over and over again, but they manage to keep it fresh. And in in my mind, at least, you know, the way I look at it is extremely inventive and clever in the way they design games 
in in which makes those games okay you know it's they do come out every let's say four years with a new version of a, a classic games they game they have which is very different from the approach that we see from you know the, the other annualized franchises like uh, uh, the Ubisofts and the uh, Activision and EAs they put out a new game every year from many of the franchises they own um, Nintendo has much more respect for the their um, for their games and their properties I remember one of the mentions that Iwata did at a uh, um, investors call which was Basically, someone was saying, will we ever see merchandising, you know, see Mario's name on cereals or on sneakers mm. or whatever? And he, he was saying that that was the kind of thing that they wouldn't do because it, it d- dilutes the strength of the character and the franchise. Um, so I, I think there is a, a, a love for the medium and for the games they create that you don't necessarily see everywhere. And um, I was really harsh on Nintendo for their latest uh e3 conference which was i still believe atrocious um <laughs> yeah but right you, you saw that one it was it was terrible wasn't it well, i like the muppets i thought that was uh <laughs> that part was cute yeah <laughs> but um, it's, it's but sad yeah. when that's the that's the highlight yeah. of the yeah yeah um so right that that was not a definitely not a, a great a good uh, uh, moment for Nintendo, but the company itself and the people that work there and the guy Iwata himself was there was a genuine love for the for for what they stand for, which is rare in the company. And you know they're they're also one of the few um, old guard in the video game industry. They were there in the eighties, and there aren't that many of those left. Um, you know, Sony, by comparison, is a relatively young uh, entrant in the in the video game market. They they arrived in ninety four, ninety five. Um, Microsoft is even later than that. Uh, the only other competitor, if I can call them that, um, to the level of um, Nintendo is Sega with their consoles and they've spent the last week apologizing that they've had basically messed up everything they uh they stood for and and betrayed the trust that gamers had put in them so um yeah anyway i don't think there's a huge it's a, just a sad isn't say. it yeah but it's nice to open on a on a on a, big, <laughs> on a sad note but uh yeah um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's sad. It's, and I, I think the thing to note is there are a couple of things. First of all, I don't think we would be sad for many of the other uh, CEOs from, for, from companies like this. Uh, it wouldn't affect us as much, at least me, because Mark apparently doesn't care. I don't uh, care. I'm, but I'm quite heartless, though. So I imagine for other people who do care. Uh, they care hard. enough for me as well, not not caring. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, I think it's going to start happening more and more. I mean, Iwata was relatively young. He was 55. But I would say in the next 10, 15 years, uh, the industry is so young that the, the, the people that mean something to the industry are still, you know, young and in good health. But that, unfortunately, is not going to last as we... Uh, age uh the people that created this industry and that uh we're starting to see it in the tech industry but it's going to arrive in the gaming industry as well uh people are going to start dying and and it's very sad but i i worry that this is just well if they do start dying i think we know where to look first patrick you seem to 
seem to be making quite a <laughs> quite a statement that people will start dying. That that kind of uh, reminds me of uh, Batman, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's something that Scarecrow could say. Yeah, people will start dying, Batman. Dark Knight. Yeah, maybe he did, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, before we move on, I want to talk about Batman, and uh, I'm, you know, uh, it will be a much more positive conversation. Uh, although there will be a, a an ugly start. Um, okay. We've heard about uh, the Nintendo NX. Foxconn will start production in October, but the full sale production is going to happen in May or June, which makes a release by uh, 2016 kind of possible. I think that's the target there they oh, so, have. So what is the NX, though? Like, what is well, it? Well, that's the big question. Is it just uh, going to be a you know Wii U that sells, or how, how <laughs> is it going to be? A, that would be an impressive feat. I um, have a Wii U, and I, I, I got given too. it. I was very lucky, um, but Me I too. used it maybe once. Uh, and oh, I kind of when I first what? started using it, I was excited because the second screen. I started like watching YouTube videos on it uh, <laughs> whilst my wife watched TV, uh, and then I realised. My phone's actually better quality than this, and it's, it's easier. No, so, so the Wii U, you have to get Nintendo 3D World. Uh, okay. I, I'm sorry, uh, Mario 3D World. Okay. It's it, amazing game design wise. It's mind blowing. Every level is. I mean, if you're if you're if you have an eye for that kind of thing. Um, it's, I played them um, Splatoon recently. Just a, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was great fun. I didn't get it. I did. I mean, I I haven't gotten the game. Um, but I mean Mario Kart. I hadn't played Mario Kart in a very long time. This one is is really great. Uh, so Super uh, Mario 3D World is really cool. Um, the, the there are you know there are a bunch of games, but the 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 thing to remember is the the expertise. I, I I talk about this all the time. The expertise that they put in this. But getting back to the NX, um, we don't know what it's going to be. There are rumors about a sort of hybrid uh, portable home console, um, and and that would unify their their offering or maybe offer different experiences if you're at home or not. It's very fuzzy. Obviously, they're not talking. We can expect a, an unveil at next year's E3 at the latest. Um, and my, for my money, so there are a couple of elements there. Uh, the thing is, everyone's talking about the failure of the Wii U, and I do talk about it a lot as well because it has failed. I it think was it a finally miss, reached, wasn't it? Wow! It was. It has finally reached 10 million uh, consoles sold, according to some uh, numbers, to some analysis, which is not a lot for a console that's been out for what three years. Mm. Um, it's kind of silly, and. But the thing is, the, the console that's really at the end of its life cycle is the 3DS. Um, it's a little bit older, and it does need a replacement because it's not very... Uh, uh, the, the, the mobile space and the portable space have, has evolved a lot more. So, But I, I think it, it might also have to do with the Wii U, meaning that I, I, I'm thinking maybe Nintendo is not going to abandon completely its Wii U uh, fans. Maybe there's go it's going to be compatible somehow or... I, I don't, well, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. What is said, your guess? They said that it's not a replacement for the 3DS or Wii U, and so I think I think that by that statement, uh, excuse me, that statement alone, I imagine it to be a in between, like you're saying, where it is a a 3DS and a Wii U sort of thing in terms of <laughs> that portable home console mix, because the Wii U is fantastic, but the the gamepad is it's is useless. massive. And it only works 
close to the TV. If you look at the PSP, um, since uh, PlayStation Go kind of came out, all of a sudden that became an amazing console. PlayStation then, Go or now? Now even, sorry. You know, the... Yeah. Um, uh, the this remote game game streaming yeah. Yeah, yeah and and so you've 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 got a portable console that plays home console games which is the dream. oh right the streaming from the home okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and i yeah, feel like cool, yeah. the wii u misses out from that and i think nintendo have been really unlucky with things like the gamecube and the wii u where they kind of fell just too late in the cycle and they didn't innovate enough they didn't have enough technology in there to be like, well, if you want the best looking game, you might as well go for that console or the best something. With the Wii, they came out and they were like, we're just going to change up how you interface with games. And they sold to everyone. Um, in fact, and, probably, and everyone yeah. played it once. Yeah, exactly. But they all bought one and they sure. only bought, they came bundled with Wii Sports and they all played tennis and they broke their TVs and then they <laughs> put it away. Uh, and then some yeah. people bought the balance board for Wii Fit and they used it a couple of times and then that sits underneath the TV. Exactly. Um, just gathering dust. But they sold them, and that's all that they really need to do. And the Wii U just, just didn't innovate enough um, for its cost. It was it, If it had come out sooner or had been much better, then I think we would have seen far more sold. But as it stands, I just feel like it was just, it was old tech um, for without, it, you know, it just, it was a Wii Plus. And, it, yeah. you know, people already bought a Wii. So. Which, which, by the way, the Wii was a, kind of a GameCube anyway, so... Mm. Um, I, I would argue that uh, hardware-wise, the only on home consoles, the only uh, true inno- effective innovation that Nintendo brought was with the GameCube, uh, the the gamepad which had a uh, 3D stick, right, the mini joystick. Yeah. And since then, the Wii was, a, 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 you know, home. It was a, a Rubik's cube type phenomenon, but really for gaming, it didn't mean much because it, well, it meant a lot, but it didn't, the games weren't actually gamer games. They were sort of casual things that people didn't really, gamers didn't really care about. Um, same thing with the, um, with the Wii U. I think it was very clear that this quote unquote innovation was ill-conceived and um, even you know I would even argue and that's a little bit more controversial that in the portable space uh, very few of the games that are uh, successful are successful because of that dual screen and touch screen I'm not even talking about the 3D aspect of the 3DS because I think it's very clear that this is useless to 95% of the audience <laughs> Um, but even the two screens from the DS, which was so successful, um, its success doesn't come. There are great games on that console and there are great games on the 3DS, but those games aren't great because of those hardware features, right? It's not like the 3D thumbstick where that enables aspects of the game and game design that make it better or that take advantage of it that couldn't exist without it. Are you it? telling me that you think that the microphone on the on the DS, <laughs> when you played Zelda and you could blow out candles and stuff like that, you're saying that is not as great as the 3D stick? Well, I am, I am blown away, sir. <laughs> I am blown but, away. Because, yeah. Uh, well, so I think there are some games and i'm sure you know mm. people in the audience are going to go oh but warrior was super cool and that couldn't exist without the you know touch screen and yes i i agree there are some games that are great with that you know these hardware things including maybe uh some of the blowing in the mic uh, features that turfs <laughs> enjoys um but i would 
argue that these are maybe 10, maybe 15% of the great games. So the majority of the games don't take advantage of this or aren't great because of this. And so the console would have been great regardless because the games are great anyway. So that, that my point is Nintendo isn't doing as incredible things in the hardware space as people think but maybe they do need those things to generate some kind of buzz because people think oh nintendo does this so that console does this and you can't do it with the others so it's interesting um but anyway i guess we'll see what happens with the nx um i'm i'm looking forward to the it sad thing is, is the nx won't be its actual name they'll come up with some really <laughs> weird name that everyone be like really and then it will come out and we'll just accept it like the wii yeah uh, you know and the wii u Although yeah. the Wii U was a disaster in brand Wii U! <laughs> <laughs> well, people didn't really understand if it was a different thing from the Wii. No, exactly. And, terrible, and I think, and yeah. in all fairness, it really wasn't that different from the Wii. Yeah. So I think they were just too <laughs> honest, which just doesn't work. Yeah. Nintendo X. Yeah. Uh, okay. Propose a name for the next Nintendo console. Uh, um, the Nintendo Extreme. Oh, extreme, very 90s. They're X trying to recapture the glory. Of it. Yeah, and it's yeah. because it's going to stream games to you wherever it is. I love it. I love it. The 10th tenth, tenth iteration, or I don't know, uh, we'll just figure it out. Extreme. Love it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, rest in peace, Satori Wata. And uh, actually, what we didn't talk about what was is what could happen afterwards. Uh, who is going to take the head of Nintendo? And I'm wondering if uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, legendary designer of uh, uh, Mario games and Zelda games, couldn't take uh, the helm. You think? Could. I mean, Regis Fiseme could also, because he's been there for a long time. He's been doing well in America. But I don't see, uh, I see Nintendo, Regis. which no. is a, a very traditional Jap Japanese company, mm. putting a, a gaijin at the head of the company. No, exactly. Um, maybe... I like the use of the word gaijin as well. It's fantastic. <laughs> I have to show how well I speak Japanese. <laughs> uh, but uh, Miyamoto, that would be interesting. I don't know if he would be up yeah, for Yeah, I don't know it, how good he is at leading mm. companies. Yeah, exactly. Though, you know, but he'd be, I think he's a great spokesperson and figurehead. Um, mm. But I think in terms of, I think they just need someone who's going to you know, get balls deep in there and uh, put Nintendo back in everyone's pocket. I just I, I I remember when it used to be you know have you got a, a PlayStation or an Xbox and it'd be like oh I've got this or I've got that but everyone had a DS yeah, yeah. and it's just it kind of feels like with with iOS and Android being so powerful as platforms on our phones my pocket's taken so Nintendo have to find a new place to exist and I, I think you know bringing their games to mobile is probably going to make them more money than any console ever would um, but it would be nice to see them do something new that reminds us all why they've been around for so long. I think there is a way. I think there is a way. And if they create something that's cool enough, games-wise... Bigger wise, pockets. They, yeah, exactly. We have more trousers. than... <laughs> yeah. I think we have more than one pocket. So that's my comment. Okay. Um, and uh, so, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to Batman. <laughs> and uh, there have been really... Excellent, no, terrible news uh, for Batman Arkham Knight on PC. And the port is was completely borked. Uh, we've heard about this uh, uh, for a while now. Uh, Warner Bros. has apologized profusely. They said pulled that the DLC... Steam? Yeah, they pulled it from Steam, which is when, almost when, unheard of. Exactly. I cannot think of a AAA game getting pulled from retail. 
And the thing is, for me, I hadn't picked it up. And as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, man, I want to get this now. So I went, <laughs> I went, to, uh, I went to one of the CD key sites and bought it off of there. Much cheaper than Steam. Um, and I've had no issues running it. I had to, I modified the config file so that it's not locked to 30 frames and that it's, you know, the blur has been disabled because that's what's just so terrible about it. And I, I have had it crash once uh, and I've had no issues past that. And I think, mm. it, it, honestly, it just comes down to um, how good it should be versus how good it can be and how much you have to, you know, tweak a text file and Google, you know, best PC setup. But I've, I've loved it. I think it's a fantastic yeah. game. So some people have been having issues even, you know, with um, those tweaks. But yeah. everyone I've talked to has been telling me, I don't understand. I've had no problem. But I mean, if they pulled it, it means that it was bad. But uh, anyway, it will be back hopefully at some point. Uh, th this has been done to death. I don't know what we can do as, as consumers um, to make this better. I think it might be, t you know, because obviously it's not the first time that this has happened. And <laughs> Ubisoft are like... Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> well, not just them. You know, on consoles as well, there's been terrible things. And, uh, mm. you know, the Master Chief Collection, Drive Club, it's been... And, and the thing is, if we even if we don't pre-order those things, I'm, I'm thinking each studio has to have their disaster in order to actually physically understand what that is what what happens when that happens and and to make sure that it doesn't happen again i don't think that as an industry studios learn from other studios misfortune and yeah. and we knew we've heard that warner bros knew months in advance that these issues existed they could have delayed you know like uh rockstar does they could so have delayed the, many the times PC. already but yeah no but they could have delayed but, the pc but version. grand theft auto crashes all the time for me as well the ah. fact is is just that it's uh it's such a good game that no one cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I, I, I saw uh, Arkham Knight at GDC two years ago, and that's mm. when it was meant to be coming out the following year. And I was in a room for the journalists, and they were watching it, and they were driving around a Bat Batmobile, really scripted, tight demo that you, you kind of feel like, okay, they've done this a lot. But it was like watching a PowerPoint presentation. Just, <laughs> just the, the frame drop was unreal. And no one made any comment on it because I think we all assumed, okay, well, it's not out yet. This is, this is pre-alpha footage or alpha footage or whatever they disclaimed it as. Um, but even then I was thinking, God, they've got some work to do to get it out uh, for next year. And obviously they delayed it. And I thought, well, good on you. Good on you guys because hopefully that means it's going to be really tight and really hot. Um, <laughs> and then this happened. Not. Yeah. Well, so what we've heard is that um, the, the the resources were all focused on the PS4 and Xbox One version, but apparently mostly PS4, uh, which Rocksteady has been having big issues uh, getting up to par. And so the resources, Iron Galaxy is a different company that was handling the port to PC, but they're like 12 people. And um, they they couldn't, obviously they couldn't handle all of it. And um, But they made sure that the PS4 version was, tight which it is uh and the ps the pc version suffered so anyway i think the reason why we're not seeing uh consumer association actions on those issues is that the uh, publishers end up making good on those things usually offering you know a good portion of the game's worth uh worth in in dlc or things like that to the people affected by the issue and i'm thinking that the reason they pulled it from the store uh, is also that they want to say anyone who has purchased it before that period that time 
um, is going to receive substantial, um, you know, compensation in the form of DLC and stuff like that. That's yeah. that's my guess, but. Uh, but all right, so that's that's terrible. Uh, we'll see what happens then. But the game itself, so spoiler free, completely spoiler free. Oh really? Um, oh, yes. Don't be like this. So I haven't even finished it. So don't. Okay, you where dare. you up to? Um, I am. I don't want to spoil. But have you uncovered uh, the protagonist, the antagonist's identity? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. So yeah, that's that's. I'm I'm two thirds. You probably have the way in, but probably. you don't know it. <laughs> okay. Don't don't even say that. Oh, I, now no. I'm gonna assume oh, that no. it's oh. shut up. Um, the Arkham Knight's Barbara. She <laughs> could walk all along. And and so yeah, no no you know no spoilers at all. No. Uh, but go ahead. What do you think of the game? I love it. I I've, I've just been so consumed by it. I loved all the previous ones. I even liked Origins. Um, hmm. It was made by uh, Warner Brothers. Um, East, West, what they, I don't know what they're yeah, called. Um, uh, I think it's Warner Brothers Studios. Is it Canada? Can't Canada, something. But anyway, uh, I really like that one as well. Um, but I I love the Batman which games. Is, which is, by combat. the way, usually regarded as the least uh, yeah. successful one. And it's, yeah, it's I, uh, Warner Brothers uh, Montreal. Montreal, yeah. And it's it's one of those, it's, it's just such an amazing world to dive into. And for that world to be as fleshed out as it is, um, and to have so so many so much kind of hidden uh, story, just everything is there for a reason. The combat flows just beautifully and feels so organic, and you feel like Batman. That's the thing. Throughout this game, you are the Dark Knight. You are just mm. kicking ass, taking names. I mean, it is hilarious driving around in the Batmobile, running people over. Um, <laughs> but for the Batmobile, it electric electrocutes them. You know, it tases them. Um, before it's impact so silly so that in theory you don't kill anyone they're dead i'm telling you and then equally <laughs> when you use your guns um if you kind of sh try and shoot a gun at a person it will shoot a riot suppression rubber bullet at them when uh, you're in once, the batmobile yeah. exactly but once you're on the floor it switches back to chain gun <laughs> and so i'm just like firing guns on these still unconscious bodies and they're stay un unconscious but yeah ultimately um it's just it's so vast there's so much to do. The main story is about 35, 40% of the game. Uh, the rest is all side quests, of which there's, I'd say, nine to ten different threads that you get to be the world's greatest detective through. Uh, it's just it's just so much fun. So I also loved uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Um, I, I tell this story very often. I've... I was at home. Uh, Sonia was away for like the Christmas period. It was 2011, I guess, and um, it was they were both uh, on sale on Steam. And I figured, oh, I've heard about those games. Uh, I'll try them out. It was like five euros or something ridic mm. ridiculous. Uh, I I bought both. And I started playing and I did not emerge from my man cave for <laughs> the next two weeks. It was yeah. just incredible like the amazing way they design movement and uh, action in the game for it flows like nothing you've ever played before it every movement is fluid everything is easy everything is is um satisfactory in the way you make that character uh, take those actions in the world uh that's the 
first thing and you're right you are the batman it feels you feel like such a badass you have uh that incredible super innovative uh combat system which makes you feel like you can take on you know 30 guys at a time and it makes sense you are actually beating each one up individually it's not like you know god of war where you swipe your giant yeah. uh <laughs> two-handed axe or like yeah exactly slaves of zeus what are the names of the, the name yeah, of the, those the chains like of Olymp- chains olympus, of olympus and, yeah. yeah something like that yeah and and you know and everyone is caught in that thing and there are little little sparkles on them when they they are hit and that means they're hit no in this game you actually punch everyone in the face individually they have you know those punches have bad guys names written on them um and you've so, got all your gadgets though as well like you're batman yeah. with your utility belt you you get all of these different tools uh, and there's the innov- gadgets the, the innovation of the detective mode which is also super cool um that also makes sense for the world of batman to be honest i was not a fan of batman until i tried I played those games and uh, that really brought it to me to the forefront of my imagination in the uh, superhero world. But anyway, those games were incredible and, and acclaimed critically and technically and all of this. Uh, the city had a clear path to go to, to improve upon asylum, which was a more, I mean, gameplay wise, uh, asylum was a more, uh, constrained experience. It was very scripted and well, it wasn't an open world basically. So the easy way to go was make city an open world and you're golden if you make it well. Uh, and the, the, the way it's written, the way it's clever, the way it's funny made it a success origins. Let, let's put it aside. It wasn't Rocksteady that developed it. And, and usually people agree that it's the least uh, successful of those games, but it's also the most iterative uh, uh, in the sense that it's just another iteration of what City did well. So mm. it was kind of a little bit of more of the same. And going into Arkham Knight, I was very um, wary. I, I knew, I, I was hoping I was going to love it, but I was wary of the idea that it was going to be more of the same. And I was wondering if Rocksteady could manage to create a game that would make it more fun with more things to do uh, without making it so complex because of those those three past games of history and of, of, you know, legacy that they had so complex that it would become unwieldy. And... wow how they managed to to take on this challenge and pass with not even flying colors it's like stratospheric colors it's incredible the the way the gameplay works is improved you know at the without again without spoiling at the you know a few minutes in you get a new armor that gives you different types of capabilities and through that small uh uh trick of storytelling and of gameplay they managed to put in everything they needed to it's uh, gameplay wise they've met that it stays fresh for the entire duration at least for the two-thirds i've done and i'm doing a lot of the side quests uh for the two-thirds i've done you almost never do anything similar more than let's say three or four times uh, every time you get back to an, it, to an activity, there is some kind of twist on it that makes it better and not 
uh, uh, and and keeps it fresh and fun. And in they got they got that, Lucius Fox in as well on this one. So I like yeah. that. Like this sort of like I'm Morgan Freeman, but I'm not. And it's just like <laughs> uh, you know, he's just uh, it's so cool to you know get like when you get an upgrade, the Batwing flies out, lands down on top of the Batmobile, like injects the new equipment into you, and then flies off again. And it's just like oh, that's really cool. It, and there's it, a bit in the story cool. where the Batwing is scanning an island and you actually see in the sky the yeah. Batwing zooming around the sky. And, and that's cool. Like, there's just so much thought goes into this game. And equally, having played all the previous games, you, you accrue gadgets throughout the game. That's part of the fun of the story. And you then are able to, you know, previously there was that bridge that was electric that you couldn't get over but now you've got a disruptor so you can turn the electricity off and go over onto the next bit you know it's that sort of gating but what they do is they keep all of those gadgets current to the next game and you get more gadgets on top of what you previously had so you pretty much always feel like you are progressing and having played those other games and unlocked those things you don't need to unlock them again and Mm. so you know i had a grapple booster in in arkham city um, so when you grappled up, you could hit space and you would fly up higher. Um, now the grapple booster, you can upgrade even further to fly even higher to get more air and more speed and get to where you need to go quicker. And it just feels like you can fly around and swoop around the city and you can really, you can fly in this yeah. game. It feels yeah. amazing. But then you just hold down E and, you know, all of a sudden Batmobile remotely comes underneath your path and you just plump in and race off, and it's beautiful. And that's the fluidity of it. You can be anywhere in the city, you know, and press the button to get the Batmobile, and you just zoom to the ground, you know, if you're flying. You zoom to the ground, the Batmobile comes out of nowhere, you know, (laughs) bursting, like exploding some of the walls if it has to, which is not very Batman-like, but whatever. And, And you just dive into it, and you, it's so, and it slows down right at the the right yeah. moment, and you get into it, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm Batman!" It feels, and it is. so. The the other thing I want to talk about is the storytelling and the direction. I mean, movie meaning as you do in movies, directing a, a movie. This game is is directed in an incredible, incredible way. It is storytelling-wise. So the story is kind of silly, as most comic book stories are. But the the technically, the way, you know, the camera movements and the way things appear and disappear and play on your on your mind. And there's often there are some elements of the game that are not explained, but that you are left to experience as the player. Uh, he is Batman talks all the time to give you hints about what you should do, which almost to a level that is annoying. He's like, you know, I should hit, I should yeah. find a way to hit that thing. With probably something like this would work. And you're like, you know, 20 the seconds closed. later. I need to restore power to this area. But the <laughs> generator's behind that electrified fence. <laughs> Only I could disrupt her. The yeah, electricity. Exactly. So I use my disruptor. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, so exactly. Yeah. That's that kind of thing all the time. It's almost to the level where you're like, dude, wait, give, just give me 30 seconds to think about it. Maybe I would have understood this. Yeah. But anyway, so gameplay-wise, it explains a lot. Uh, story-wise, even though the story is silly, it lets you experience some of the things without telling you 
what it means and and it's you know i mean it has intelligence that bleeds throughout this game it is an incredible achievement and i honestly think it's my game of the year uh, at least so far yeah easy easy yeah right even more some people have been telling me oh but the witcher you liked it too and i do like the witcher um i just i think this it's type sad of game isn't it is exactly more... but it is this is better than the witcher which is great which has a lot of um repetition that mm. this game doesn't have um you know Joel as a hero is fantastic and the voice acting is is vastly improved but you just it's it's batman i'm sorry but it's just <laughs> it's just so so cool well and even so if you don't is, like Batman, play the game. You will like Oh, Batman. yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, The Witcher is a great living, breathing world, kind of. Uh, it, it immerses you in a world that is foreign and that is full of fantasy. Uh, I do feel it's a little bit ref- <laughs> I, repetitive. I just, every time I play it, like, yeah, there'll just be yeah. some, like, really punily armoured guard being like, oh, are you a Witcher? Oh. <laughs> Or what are you going to do? Use your magic to horrifically kill me? Go on then. And it's just like, well, yeah, I could, I could literally, I could just, I could blink and you could die. Oh, goff you go, you witcher. Oh, you stink. So I was like, are you mental? I will, I will kill, I'm going to kill you now. It's every time. Yeah, it's, it's true. But I mean, and honestly, the quests are, it feels like the, the quests in The Witcher are go somewhere Put on your Witcher senses, find the red thing, follow it, and then you find someone to kill. And it feels like it's 90% of the quest. But, I mean, The Witcher is a great game. It's more open world, but I, it, it was less fantastic than I thought it was going to be, at least for me. And I think it's a matter of preference there. But Batman feels like a theme park where I, I use that image in my French show where you're like, you're being spoon-fed bits of excellence and you're like the game is like oh hey patrick here you you you'll have a little spoon of uh, uh, combat action wouldn't you and you're like yeah I, I yeah sure i will and you have a little spoonful and you're like mm, okay i'm i'm good now uh it's getting a little bit boring and the game is immediately before it even gets boring is like oh here you go here's some uh, batmobile destruction action now and you're like oh I think I will have some Batmobile stuff. And it keeps cycling things so that you're never bored of anything. And everything is more fun. Well, not more fun, but as fun as the previous thing. Um, So the Batmobile doesn't work in that world, honestly. I mean, it doesn't work (laughs) in the Batman. You were saying it kills everything. And conveniently, you know, the the, the tanks that are invading the city are drones, drones, unmanned (laughs) drones. And you're like, oh, well, that's that's awesome. I can destroy them with no remorse then. And, you know, the Riddler had tunnels under the city that fit perfectly for the Batmobile. We don't care. It's a game. It's silly. We know it is, but it works. So game of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Game of the year. Game of the year. Um, All right. Excellent Batman Arkham Knight, get it. And if you have a PC, once it's fixed, get it. Um, Fallout 4 took the best of E3 uh, uh, prize. And just so you know, so the best of E3, the games have to be playable. It can be two minutes of a very scripted demo, but it can't be, basically, it can't be a 
a pre-rendered trailer. You have to be able to play it at the game. Uh, best of show was Fallout 4, best original game Horizon Zero Dawn, best console game Uncharted 4, best piece, uh, best handheld. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes, which is a little bit surprising. It was poo-pooed uh, during the, um, the, the, the Nintendo conference. I guess the game itself is probably fun. It's a you know, three-player co-op game. Uh, best PC, Fallout 4. Best hardware, Oculus Touch, the little controllers for the Oculus. Best action game, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. We'll talk about this in a second. Etc. 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 I'm not a Fallout guy. Are you? Um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the games. You know, it's, uh, I've, I've always preferred uh, Elder Scrolls uh, to Fallout, but I, I'm, I'm still excited to, to have a, a go on uh, Fallout 4. Um, it's it's one of those games. It's going to be, as far as I'm aware, it's going to be the same sort of thing as GTA in that it's not going to be playable before it comes out to anyone. So when when we get a chance to see it um, at events and shows and things like that, it will be videos. Uh, but once it's out, it's going to be amazing. And there, I think their reasoning is because it's such a, a a story driven experience. They don't want that getting leaked beforehand. Makes sense. Uh, it might be. You don't think it's going to be playable at Gamescom, though? No, no. From from okay. uh, um, maybe behind closed doors to a select elite, um, but I think uh, for the most part, I don't think they're going to be um, uh, much like GTA. They just don't want people playing it uh, till it's out. I see. All right. Um, what about? Uh, are you going to Gamescom? Uh, sadly, I'm not. No, no. I, I, it's, uh, yeah, some some of our guys are going to be out there. Uh, but um, just purely because I'm at Nertacular the kind of week or so before. Oh, right, right. Um, Which I've, I am as I've well. used up all my time away from baby. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to be at Gamescom either. Uh, it's coming up in a couple of three weeks, I guess, four weeks. Yeah, not, um, not for long. Yeah. Biggest, uh, biggest uh, consumer gaming show in the world in Germany. Uh, 250, 270,000 uh footfall it's uh, amazing uh and you know it's basically the invasion of the sweaty germans which i have no uh intention of being part of this year after maybe five years being there um but microsoft will be there and they're going to be talking about you know it's the the second portion of the one-two punch of e3 and uh and Gamescom, uh, they're going to be talking about games that weren't at E3, um, like Scalebound, Quantum Break, and uh, Crackdown. Um, so Scalebound is a game from uh, Platinum Games that make uh, uh, Bayonetta. So I'm curious about that game. Super tight action games. They, that's what they usually do. Quantum Break, uh, it's, I believe, Remedy, um, which, you know, it's Max Payne back in the 90s, which was amazing. Uh, I I'm a little bit concerned about the time displacement mechanics from Quantum Break. I'm not sure how it's going to work, but we'll see. And Crackdown, I wasn't part of the Crackdown craze back in the uh, 2000s mm -hmm. um, for the Xbox 360. Uh, I didn't get my Xbox 360, 360 straight away. Uh, were you a Crackdown fan? I wasn't, no. No, I, I didn't okay. really uh, you know, drink that Kool-Aid. But certain, certain fans uh, exist. <laughs> so I, I don't want to. I don't want to poo poo all over it. Um, it's it's interesting. Just to, around Gamescom, obviously Sony's pulled out of it. So yeah, I think that that's that's really interesting for that the biggest show that there is um, in terms of consumers. 
that Sony's decided not to attend. Well, I, th- I think they're going to be at the show. Um, they're not going to have a conference. Mm. Aren't they going to be? I'm sure they're going to be at I, the show. Well, I don't know. I, I just heard that they pulled out. Oh, so, okay. I don't know. And let me just double check that. Uh, Sony yeah. pulled out. So what what we know is that Sony is going to have a big conference at Paris Games. Oh, they're just they're is... not holding a conference. Okay, right. well, still. Yeah. 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 So, but they they are going to have one at Paris Games Week, but it, it's too late. Uh, I think it's in October. Uh, it's too late to uh, do any big announcements. So it's really going to be well. I mean, it's probably going to be uh, announcements for Q1, um, but not for Christmas, unless maybe they have a No Man's Sky announcement. But that's I think we would know the the release date before that. Um, so this is really the chance for Microsoft, who by most accounts had a slightly um, weaker presentation at E3 uh, to to amp up their offering. And there's it's very likely that they're going to because they have more exclusive games coming down. And uh, Crackdown, you know, with that trailer we saw last year, which had someone blow up a building to make a ramp out of that building to go attack another building Mm. Um, you know skyscrapers it was pretty incredible so I think it could be interesting for sure Um, however Microsoft is not going to be at TGS uh, Tokyo Game Show and that is you know uh, they have to focus on the places where they have some strength left and Japan you know they're selling something ridiculous like a few hundred consoles a week uh, I mean, they have never been strong in the Japanese market, but this is just ridiculous. It's just silly. Um, they, it's their biggest failure in Japan ever. And that's too bad because they do need the support of Japanese game developers. And it's not like they're not getting it, but not having a big console presence in the country doesn't help. Um, so, yeah, that kind of sucks. But anyway, we have Gamescom to look forward to. There'll be some um, good stuff to come out of it. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, Scalebound, uh, Platinum Games is that that developer that I've been looking at for a long time, thinking that one of those games I have to get into, and Bayonetta didn't quite do it because whatever. Uh, but I'm hoping that oh, I got an Xbox One. I didn't I didn't mention it. Uh, right. I did get an Xbox One uh, Master Chief Collection. When I'm done with Batman, I'm gonna dive into the Master Chief Collection. Well, I'm super excited. Are you a fan of Transformers? Not really, but I heard that the latest one is apparently incredible. So there's Transformers Devastation is made by Platinum Games, and that's coming out. Um, And it's it's set on the the G1, uh, you know, original uh, Transformers, you know, Optimus, Megatron, all that. Um, So you you might like that. It's a kind of accessible world to do some hitting of each other in. Is it? But it's not out yet, right? No, no. But again, that's that's going to be one that's uh, coming up. Yeah. Is it only on uh, on uh, Xbox One? Uh, no, I think it's, uh, oh, okay. it's I think it's PlayStation exclusive. If anything. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Um, no, because I mentioned my Xbox. Oh, yeah, One. Sorry, no, no. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to think of what they had coming out. But yeah, Xbox One. So, uh, have you have you enjoyed having one? I honestly, I just got it last week, and I've been too uh, <laughs> engrossed in Batman to play anything else. Yeah. Uh, I think the the uh, the UI is kind of confusing. I have to say. Yeah. Um, it feels all over the place a little bit. And I was curious why people were so excited about the UI uh, um, revamp that's coming out by the end of the year. And now I get it. I think the UI is very confusing on the Xbox uh, Xbox One. It, it's basically p- uh, uh, a consequence of the 
heritage of them wanting to have um yeah, everything button. yeah everything the, yeah. yeah the tv it's and the horrible. thing and the thing yeah. it's like i don't think they need it so we'll see if they remember this but I, I don't have I haven't had enough time with it to to really uh, make a judgment. Um, a little bit confusing, but what matters is what games are going to be on it. And Master Chief Collection, I've never played a Halo game, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, Tomb Raider, of course, is going to oh, yeah. be you know my thing. Cannot cannot wait. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Uh, Sony has said that PlayStation 4 has 70 to 90% of Europe's uh, console market. And that, uh, you know, 70, I can guess, I can believe. 90%, the thing is, the Xbox One started late in many of the markets. The PlayStation 4 was available much sooner in, in many of the European markets and many of the markets, period. Um, but Anyway, it's just one other um, element that seems to indicate that it's really not a great generation for Microsoft at this stage. Uh, 70% dominance. We'll see what happens in the next few years. It's uh, just the beginning. And certainly in the previous generation, Sony had uh, uh, difficulties at the beginning with their incredibly expensive uh, PlayStation 3. Um, And they managed to bridge that gap and come back to roughly 50-50 worldwide. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but it's not. It's okay. Microsoft needs to do better. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, quicker news. Did you see that full uh, E3 demo for Uncharted, Uncharted Four? The full fifteen minutes. No, Was we didn't. Good? No. Where? Where is this? Everywhere. What oh, are you doing? This. Stop having babies. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> um, so we saw uh, publicly about half of that demo at E3. It was about seven minutes. Uh, basically, it was uh, uh, Drake, Nathan, and and Sully barreling down uh, the city downhill up to the um, uh, train, not the train, the the trucks that were escaping, and it was pretty incredible. And it cut when Drake was trying to get on one of those trucks. And that that trailer, not that trailer, that demo, shows what happens afterwards. And it's just as, you know, it's the best moments of Uncharted 2 um, magnified. It's non-stop incredible action it is what uh indiana jones would be if it Mm. was done successfully today it's amazing action it makes you feel kind of like batman it's very scripted it's you're it's very cinematic at least the the uh the uncharted series i've always loved in that i haven't felt like i've done a huge amount of gameplay Um, but again the, the the unifying thing about these two games is that they use animation blending really 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 well and what it means is that the the movement on screen is so organic and it it moves and transitions between a walking running ducking hiding rolling punching whatever uh really organically and it feels so much more believable that you Mm. just kind of get lost in those worlds and are happy for those stories to unfold in front of you I agree. Yeah, it's very it's very passive. Uh, but actually both those games and even when you are active uh it it, it is the right balance between uh, uh the, the right kind of uh uh quick time event. Basically everything in most of the not everything but a lot of those two games and many others but those two specifically is somewhat 
quick time event E. Even the fighting in, in Batman is press the right button at the right time. That's yeah. what you have to get into. Um, and in, in Uncharted, a lot of the set piece action scenes boil down to pressing the right button at the right time. But it, it immerses you in the action in a way that obviously... You know, people who say quick time events are useless, and when they're badly used, they certainly are. Mm. But what it makes is that try to imagine those same uh, scenes, those same action scenes, without you having to press a button. Then you're just watching the thing. And as much as people want to poo-poo those quick time events, it does change the way you relate to what's happening on screen. So I think that's the best way of, of explaining that it is a different experience, and it's not just completely passive so anyway those go watch that uh, those 15 minutes they're amazing and i can't wait for that game to come out i will do that after this <laughs> um 18 minutes of the most puzzling game of our time no man's sky um and you've just deleted it sorry you get sorry back. i was clicking on it uh, yeah 18 minutes Honestly, we don't really learn all that much about the game. It's still kind of a mystery. But I think what it comes down to is that there isn't much more than what we think is in that game. It is going to be just a, a bunch of planets that you go explore and you can, you know, gather resources, maybe shoot a couple of enemies here and there. And that's kind of it. I do think we now have to uh, adjust our expectations of that game. It's not going to be Skyrim in infinite space or, you know, this sort of sand, you know, open world quest based thing. It's just going to be more very passive, not passive, but sandboxy in the sense that you can go yeah. and look at stuff. But yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, Hello Games, they, they're a really cool company. Uh, they made the Joe, Jane, uh, Joe Danger series, uh, but they're, they're down in Guildford, uh, which is the kind of the hub of the British uh, games development scene. And I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'd be really excited to see what they do. It's so different from what they've done before. Um, but it's, it's, it's procedurally generated planets as well, isn't it? So, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, and it's, you know, millions and millions of planets. They, they, so. they've, they've said 18 quintillion uh, is what they've, <laughs> what they've gone for. Um, but I imagine there's some that are fairly similar. Uh, it'd be like I said, it'd be really, really interesting to see what they manage to do because it's, uh, it's so, still a fairly small team there. Um, yeah, and that's you know they're procedurally generating everything, and they have little virtual robots going onto. The thing is, we talked about this in the previous show. There, are, there is no way to check all of those planets physically like they're procedurally generated, so you don't know what is happening on those planets, and there's no way to physically check it and make sure that you know you don't have you know some something super weird on, on one of those planets so they have to build virtual basically programs robots that travel from that go from planet to planet and check that you know you don't have some anomalies or too much of one thing of one color in one region or whatever that kind of thing it's a fascinating project but are you part of the uh hype crowd for for no man's sky or? no 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 i don't okay. like to get excited about things anymore patrick um <laughs> you're so, jaded i'm jaded exactly so i i'm i'm, I'm interested to see where it goes because i think right. there's there's it just be very interesting to see what that studio manages to make so you're you're probably part of the people who are going to be uh, pleasantly surprised, and we I'm the hoping. rest of us are going to be horribly disappointed. Exactly, exactly. 
Um, Star Wars Battlefront Alpha is live, and we have leaked footage. Oh yeah, um, the place. Did, did you did you look at the leaked footage or? I, I did. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen it. Um, it's, All right, it's stunning. Uh, it is truly it? Really? is. For me, it looks like Star Wars. I I <laughs> I cannot believe because the particle effects they've used, uh, the sounds, the lasers. Yeah, the sound the, work is incredible. Yeah. It is. It looks like how I remember Star Wars being, not actually how it is. In that mm. it's all HD. Uh, it all looks you know fantastically beautiful. Uh, the gameplay is fairly standard. Um, you get, you know, it's like the, the things I've seen from there uh, have been kind of capture the flag, control point style stuff. Uh, yeah, see, that's the thing that bothers me. It's the, the, the E3 demo, and we knew that even at the time, but it made it was so cinematic, it made it seem better than it would be. Mm. And the, the, the leaked actual gameplay footage makes it seem like, oh, this is an FPS or TPS or whatever it is. Mm. Oh, all right. But well, I, I guess I mean, cool, but surely that visually you must be impressed though. Like, yeah, have you, yeah. like the 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 canyons, the rocks, the fire. Uh, you shoot someone and sparks fly out, sort of thing, like in right. Star Wars. Um, it just, I I love that. I think it's great. The old Battlefront games uh, were fantastic. This one will be good. Uh, it's EA, so you know mm. I'm not gonna do anything other than just cite it's, it's EA. So don't expect it to be better <laughs> than the franchise they bought. Um, just expect it to be kind of good uh, as I look across the strewn body- bodies of all these fantastic game franchises that EA bought and then made another one that then was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the problem is probably that I'm not a big, huge fan of those games and, and I much, I, I do enjoy some um, competitive games but i do usually need to have a single player experience to to get me hooked or mm. uh, that's usually the way i go but uh, we'll see we'll see it's i'm still intrigued by battlefront um however if you do want your star wars uh, itch scratched at some point in the future and you're probably going to be inundated with stuff between the movies and the uh, there, are, there are so many announcements. Um, apparently, Nolan North, who is the voice of Nathan Drake and many other every other game, game character yeah, you've ever heard, yeah, um, has been very chatty at a I can't remember which con it was, but it was a convention, and he was on the panel, and he's been spilling stuff like nobody else. <laughs> it's like I, he must have gotten a call from uh, Naughty Dog afterwards. He was, they were like, "What the hell are you thinking?" He was talking about how uh, the Uncharted 4 game was basically the entire story was thrown out when Amy Haining, uh, who was the the, uh, the the basically the head for uh, Uncharted uh, 1, 2, and 3, uh, when she departed, uh, and when the Neil Druckmann uh, people, the team, came on after having finished Last of Us, they basically threw everything out and restarted from the get-go. He also mentioned that uh, Amy Henning, who is a good friend of her of his, uh, is she's now working at Visceral's and they're doing a Star Wars game. And he said it's going to be very similar. It's in the style of Uncharted. And that's what I wanted to get at. That is probably going to scratch my itches a lot better because I love the Uncharted games. So that kind of directed... Uh, a single-player scripted cinematic experience is probably going to be the thing I enjoy um, more than Battlefront. But um, 
I think so. I think it's um, it's it's anything that plays around with with character in the Star Wars universe is is always fun. Knights of the Old Republic, Jedi Academy, you know those games that had those strong characters running through them. Um, they stand out in my head. Uh, You know, X Wing versus Tie Fighter is a good game, but you know, uh, you know, Battlefront good games, but you know, I, I I I would really enjoy playing a Star Wars game with some good story. Uh, yeah. The old, you know, the old Republic on online um, is is got some great story in it. It's just ruined by some kind of bad MMO ing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, the the thing is, those as we, I think this is the theme of the of the day. The directed gameplay experience is what I really enjoy, and if uh, Star Wars is that, um, there was Star Wars thirteen thirteen. I don't think this is the same project no that was canned though wasn't it when when disney bought it they basically canned everything yeah so we'll see uh last thing that uh nolan north said he basically confirmed that naughty dog is he basically announced the last of us 2 yeah which is again the kind of thing that honestly i think he's gonna get a very serious to take he's untouchable uh, he's nolan north yeah no one is untouchable Yeah, no North. He's untouched. Uh, but I still think I still think he's going to get a good bollocking as you would say. He probably is you know he's probably uh violated a few contracts. Yeah. He probably is going to earn a bit less. So anyway, The Last of Us 2. Uh did you play The Last of Us? Um no. And it's Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Go so play I have right no now. exactly and I've gone all of the way to this point uh without having the story ruined for me in any way okay. shape or form. But I don't mind if you want to ruin it. I would no, no, that. never, never. I'm okay. the anti-spoiler. Okay. Um, the so the Last of Us is a, a you know a flawed game in many ways, uh, but a brilliant game in many other ways. Gameplay-wise, there are there are you know in Uncharted you have the combat, the traversal, and the um, prob- you know the puzzle solving. In The Last of Us, they did away with the traversal, um, and basically there is little, little, very little puzzle solving. So the only thing you're left with is the uh, combat, which is good. It's honestly very good. There it's divided in two there is stealth combat and active combat you know um but the problem is there is no other gameplay loop everything else rests on the storytelling elements of the game which are seriously very very good and it's it's too bad that anyone would not play it if if again if you enjoy the directed experiences Please go go and play this game. It is definitely worth playing. One of my favorite games of the past generation, possibly the favorite game. And they for did me. a they did a PS4 re-release, didn't they? Right. There's a PS4 remastered edition that includes the DLC, which is also super excellent. And I don't want to ruin it, but there are you know there are so so okay. I'll I'll talk about one element from the DLC, and you can honestly you can do the DLC before you do the full game. It is a little bit spoilery, but it it sort of intrigues you to find where this is going to take place in the full game. You could do that, and it's a two hour experience. So maybe you can try that as a. Uh, I think it was on PS Plus a couple of uh, um, months ago, or maybe you can buy it individually now. Um, but go and try that to see if you would like the game. It's definitely a cool experience. Uh, but one element of that DLC, and I'm going to spoil it for f- five minutes starting now, so you can advance five minutes and we'll be done. Um, it's just, But it's not spoilery. It's just one 
cool yeah, eating into the thing. five minutes but keep going yes i am <laughs> um it's it's at some point uh the heroine um uh just go comes to in an arcade game and she doesn't um the, the she dreams about playing video games but obviously there is no power or the game is broken and it's this game angel knives which is a, a, a I, oh, I can't remember the name of the game but the the character is angel knives and she wants to play it but she can't so her friend is like oh no but you can you can play it go ahead put your hands on the controls and she her friend starts telling her what happens in the game and the screen locks on um um oh what's her joel and and oh ellie. what's her name ellie thank you no, i haven't played it him. but there you go uh, so it <laughs> zooms on on ellie, uh, ellie, uh, ellie's face lit by the the lights of the arcade and uh, her friend tells her what is happening and you get the sound that changes and the light that dims and the story that, you know, what the combat that is being narrated that gets more and more exciting. And you have to press the right buttons at the right time with a timer. It's sort of a quick time event. Uh, but the way it's narrated and the way it's directed makes you feel like you're actually there with her with Ellie being so excited about what she's doing and she feels almost like she has played this game. It is, again, gameplay-wise, narration-wise, an incredible moment. And this is very far from the idea you have of, of The Last of Us, which is, you know, sort of zombie-like post-apocalyptic game. Um, but it's in those moments that it creates emotion that it's the most incredible. So play the game. It is incredible. Um, is it does it need a second episode hmm I don't know it's a big question I love the game I really wanted to 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 be uh, I really want to have a second episode if you enjoy uh, the world enough then there's always yeah but the thing is it's really a self-contained story but they could tell could... another story within that world though with different characters yeah um, and that's my that's the way I look at it. I, they could tell another story with different characters. They could set, tell another story with the same characters at a different time. Mm -hmm. Like if they remove it uh, significantly from this time, I think there would be interesting elements there. But uh, I don't know. Do 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 all games need sequels? Um, yes. Okay. All because right. Because any any finite game definitely. Uh, if mm. it's a good game, I want to be able to play more of all good things. That's why, like, for example, Arkham Knight is bittersweet because it's the last Batman game that Rocksteady's going to make um, for the foreseeable future. And mm. other people tackling it haven't done it as well. So it's, it's that thing of once I 100% it, that's, that's it. That's sad. And yeah. there's rumors that they might be making a Superman game. And that's like, what I want okay, them to make. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, I, I really but it's, it's still one of those things where I'm just not too sure. Yeah, it's so. But the thing is, that's like you know that uh, that saying that everyone is incompetent in companies because you promote them until they're bad enough at their job that you can't promote them anymore. Um, with the games, you keep making games until you know if they're good, you keep making more of them, and then they're bad, so you stop. So you make them until they're bad. Is that the fate we're destined to to experience? Yeah, you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. It's EA's business model. <laughs> Um, so I, I think why not? Yeah, I agree. Honestly, I think it's fine. The, the last one will be crappy, but I, I guess at least make a 
if it's an excellent game, I want at least a couple or three because the first one is sort of wetting your palate and then you want to have the, you want more of that world. And The Last of Us, it's such incredible characters and such an incredible world that it would be too, really too bad to just have worked so hard to create it and then leave it abandoned forever. So that's why I, you know, I'm rooting for another episode. Um, all right, I guess we're mostly uh, done with the big stories. There was a surprising uh, trailer for the uh, zombie mode in Black Ops 3, which is this sort of film noir mm. thing that actually was fun. Good. And I was like, wait, Black Ops 3? Fun? Well, it's the Treyarch one, isn't it? So um, they're, they're always a little bit more zany and fun. Um, yeah, I guess. But I, I think the zombie mode... It's, it's one of those things certain people will, will love, other people, um, well, I think everyone who plays Blobs will, will enjoy zombies. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's one of those things, I don't know really how much they need to announce these things, because well, there's no, again, there's no doubt that, you know, next year, I'll let you in a little secret, there's going to be another Call of Duty. No. Yeah, I've got insider info. And the following year after that, there's going to be another Call of Duty. No, but uh, they do need to announce those things because the zombie mode is... They have nothing differentiating those, you know, annual franchises. And this one is the only, you know, it's the thing that might interest some of the people that aren't interested in buying it every year. I'm yeah. thinking, you know, they might think, oh, well, this this looks cool. It's a basically four-play-up co-op uh wave based uh gameplay right so you yep. get waves it's a horde mode from it's a, yeah as and like i said the, the previous zombie modes have been amazing fun mm. uh it's just this one again looks looks very pretty yeah. uh and it's going to be lots of good fun yeah um lizard squad squad hacker was convicted to uh two years suspended prison sentence and uh um what's his face went ballistic um ah oh. What's his name? Sony Daybreak. Uh, Julius, what's his face? No, John Smedley. Oh, Smedley. Oh, yeah. sorry. He, he, because he was the one that got his plane uh, downed. Uh, not downed, but, you know, uh, uh, there was a, a bomb threat, and so the plane couldn't, uh, had to land um, and because he was on it. And, and it was, Lizard Squad is obviously a bunch of idiots but um he went really he was really angry and he started tweeting that uh, uh the 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 young hacker will get what's coming to him and apparently he has been he has been swatted or there have been swattings and uh, he has been threatened and some of his data has been published online and mm. i understand that he's angry i don't think threatening in that manner someone on twitter is the best way to go about it i Smedley's understand a nice his frustration guy, but, but he's yeah I, I think he's he's just a little bit too close yeah. to to this yeah. um but yeah um and dragon quest there's going to be a, a basically minecraft like dragon quest i'm not a big uh, dragon quest fan. i think it's more for you know the well again Japanese anything, public yeah and i think you know minecraft you know has made so much money that everyone has tried and continues to try to make it and i think they they all fail to see the the issue it's the same thing with world of warcraft is people look and think oh my gosh look how much money blizzard's making with world of warcraft we should make an mmo and then we'll make all that much money <laughs> and what they've what they've got wrong is that it's not that um you know uh, two and a half billion dollars of minecraft revenues out there for, for grabs that's how much less revenue there is because minecraft exists 
So mm. if you make something, you're competing with this juggernaut and you will have to spend more than there is left available to do. And you can see it in the MMO world, you know, all of these massive IPs, huge game developers, good games, a lot of them, but they just haven't been able to compete against World of Warcraft because that market's already been captured and kind of mm. diminished. Uh, so it's, it's, it's this strange thing. I, I, to be honest with you, it wasn't until I saw uh, the new Lego uh, MMO uh, Minecraft style thing uh, that I Lego thought, worlds, yeah. Lego worlds, yeah. That I thought, okay, maybe, maybe there could be something Another that one, yeah. you know does this well. Um, but <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting to see, you know, Dragon Quest. You know, I, I remember playing Dragon Quest way back when. Um, I I don't think I'll play this. I don't think mm. that it's, but maybe it's well, to attract that younger audience. Maybe the younger audience. I mean, it's in Japan. It's it's incredibly popular. It's the most popular IP in video game there is, uh, Dragon Quest. Um, it's uh, Minecraft is immensely popular in Japan as well. I think it will make money. Uh, the question is, if the question is, if their goal is to make uh, another Minecraft as big as Minecraft, I think they, they're um, misguided. But I don't think that's the plan. The plan is to make some money uh, in the way that Lego Worlds is not going to replace Minecraft. It's going to take to capture some of that um, in in you know some of that uh, uh, enthusiasm. And you know, just like the Toys to Life which is a ridiculous name, but, you know, there are more than one. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think there can be more than one in that thing as well. If you're specific enough that you touch on people's uh, uh, emotional attachment to some brands and characters. And Dragon Quest in Japan, at least, definitely has that. So I think they can make a little bit of money. But You believe, you believe. Yeah. That's good. Um, and finally, PewDiePie is uh, uh, talking about the people who hate the fact that he's making so much money. He is making um, a lot of money. <laughs> Seven million dollars last That's year. That's the reported amount. The reported I expect it to be yeah. vastly above that as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, he, I I don't have a problem with it. I'm guessing most people don't have a problem with it. One of the one of the things that um, s people were hating on was they were saying, "Oh, he's just sitting on his ass and, and talking about video games in in a cam in front of the camera, and he's making so much money he doesn't deserve it." And so I think, first of all, of course, there's a lot of luck involved. Uh, he was there at the right time, the right person. He's pretty. He has like half of his audience is young girls that go crazy like they would for a boys band. Um, but he, it's also a lot of work. It's also a lot of talent because he does what he does well. He does it consistently. Um, and you know what? You, it's what he said as well. You have a camera. YouTube is free to use for everyone. Yeah. Anyone Give can, can try exactly. their hand. Wow. So throw the gauntlet down. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, you know, we exist in the same space as PewDie. And yeah. so for those grow. who don't know, you, you, you work at uh, Yogscast. I am is... the, the CEO of Yogscast. Uh, so uh, we are a YouTube business, uh, much in the same way that Pewds is in and of himself. And he does have a team around him. He's worked very well and hard to maintain the um, Image. intimacy uh, yeah. and yeah, that, that perception of him being a single individual. Um, he does have more people helping him, and I think uh, he's you know encroaching on 10 billion views on YouTube alone, which is just phenomenal. He has 38 million subscribers. He is just a juggernaut. Uh, he does what he does better than anyone else, and people love him for it. 
we we do different YouTube and we have our own audience and we're kind of happy with that. Uh, and I think you'll find, again, people, so many people have tried to do what PewDie does uh, in the hopes of trying to get somewhere close to his fame and numbers. Um, Markiplier actually uh, is a good example of someone who kind of succeeded. Um, he came along, uh, he was doing kind of just voice work and fun things along the way um, and then started doing Let's Play in the style of PewDiePie and now is sitting on eight and a half million subscribers and uh, two and a half billion views. You know, he, he's done very well, but people won't be as big as PewDie, similarly to yeah. kind of World of Warcraft and Minecraft. Um, he, he deserves it. And I think it's one of those things where people don't necessarily understand this, but around 70% of uh, purchase decisions made by people who watch YouTube, uh, which is, um, I think, what was it, like a billion people or something ridiculous, um, can be attributed directly back to YouTube. So he is a, a, a massive, massive, massive marketing tool. Uh, I mean that tool in the nicest way. Um, <laughs> and uh, so the value that he presents to brands, to games, his amount of influence he has um, justifies uh, in terms of the, the amount of game sales that he will make when he plays a game. Uh, so it's, it's uh, I think it's well-deserved well revenue. And like I said, I'm sure he's earned vastly more uh, than what the numbers kind of reported at. Uh, so, you know, hat off to him, keep up the great work. Yeah, I'm I'm personally not a huge uh, PewDiePie uh, bro. How do, you, do they, yeah, do they call bros, them? The bros. bros, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't have a problem with these guys. If, if you want to have a problem with something in the industry, there are much bigger issues than the fact that PewDiePie is making a lot of money. Mm. So um, anyway, on that note, I think we've reached the end of our show. Thank you so much for being on, Mr. Terpser. Thank you very much for having me, Patrick. It's beautiful to, to talk games and uh, with you in I've, equal measures. I've, I've missed talking about games so much when I was at Blizzard. And oh, meet I can imagine and, it yeah. being horrible. Just, it just was... knowing more about things that people are passionate about but not being able to talk about it. it. I just, I couldn't do it. it. It wasn't even knowing more. It was just the fact that I couldn't say what I think about stuff publicly, like in the industry. It was, it was, it was I terrifying. Think, yeah, I, I don't understand that. I can understand you not being allowed <laughs> to say like, guys, the next Hearthstone expansion is going to be hot. Um, and then be like, Patrick, we are going to send out musical scrolls to people. You can't just tell people about the next Hearthstone expansion. Um, but I think you, you should have been able to talk about games and it's no. a shame, shame you had to leave in order to do Well, it. thank you. But I our, appreciate our, our your win support. is their loss. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode actually from, um, from Nerdtacular. I think I might record it there. So we'll see oh, if wow. we can manage to do oh. something with a few special guests. Um, I'm at Nerdtacular. But, I could do it. I could do it with you. That I've done this one. Amazing. Well, we'll see. Maybe not. Um, We'll see if, you know, depending on the numbers we get, uh, the amount of revenue, the forecast for the next, you know, the the target segment of uh, marketing things, and we'll decide. Um, But until then, uh, I'm sure people know that they can, where they can reach you. But tell us again, please. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm the underscore T. So check me out there. And uh, don't you have a YouTube channel? Is oh, it yeah, you inactive? can go to youtube.com slash terps and you can watch me play Hearthstone uh, three times a week uh, where <laughs> I um, just basically suck. Uh, Excellent. But that's, that's the idea behind it. 
I love it. That's no, I what did I... go 12 wins the other day in arena. So, you know, so your definition actually, of suck is different good. from most yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah, actually 12 really, wins, really good. Bastard. <laughs> I hate Paladin, you a little bit. I had, uh, I had like three Blessings of Kings, two, um, no, like four True Silvers uh, and Blessed Champions as well. And oh, uh, So yeah, basically you cheated. I basically had the most powerful deck you have could imagine. Um, so, yeah. But you know, it's not the size that counts. It's how no, you use it. No, it's how you use it. And, uh, and you I used it my, well. To my New Zealand fans say, they say, Terps, you've got a, you've got a very powerful deck there. I really like the deck. <laughs> and I say, thank you, New Zealand fans. Uh, it's very nice of you to comment on my deck. Love uh, it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter, and you can find this show and uh, others on frenchspin.com. We do this every two weeks, and we will be back uh, in two weeks with another show. Thank you very much for listening. See you then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.